Welcome. You're about to listen to a message from LifePoint, a warm, friendly, and vibrant community for the young at heart. Okay. Go ahead and just speak a word to God this morning. We know we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, and Kenneth had led us earlier to uh, be intentional about asking God for a specific gift. But I believe very strongly that he's given us the best gift already. He's given us the, the gift that transcends every other type of gift. But we leverage that gift to draw down on heaven's deposits for us. So would you ask that this morning, grace is ministered to you. That as the word comes forth, your heart is opened and expanded to engage the mind of God. That that which is upon his heart, for you this morning, you take delivery. You receive instruction, you receive direction, you receive guidance. That you know what to do in this season. And that by reason of this word, scripture says that the entrance of God's word gives light and understanding. That your life is illuminated. Scripture also says in Ezekiel 2 that the spirit of the Lord spoke to me and set me up on my feet and I heard all that the spirit said. So that this morning you will hear very clearly what the spirit is saying to you in Jesus name. Father we just thank you. We submit our hearts to you. In humility we receive that which you have prepared for us. We thank you for your joy that is already uh, pervading this atmosphere. We thank you, Father, for burdens that people have come with and how that they will not return with these burdens. We thank you, God, because you will deliver today. You will restore. You will transform a heart. You will touch a soul. Someone will come to know you better today. We give you all praise for in Jesus' name. We've prayed and agreed. Amen and amen. All right. Because we recognize that today is indeed a very special day and we should be spending time with family. Uh, oh, the, the plan is to ensure we're out of here in the next couple minutes. So I'll just go very quickly into what God has laid upon our hearts to speak to everyone. And I've titled this morning's um, message, Hope Has a Name. Hope Has a Name. Hope Has a Name. We're speaking today about the birth of Jesus. And... I find, or just in the course of preparation, I realized that there's a way we get caught up year on year with the celebration. In fact, the preparation towards the celebration. So yesterday, I had to be out for quite a bit, you know, as, I was going to say as a lastminute.com mom, but I'm usually a planner. However, my week has been crazy, but I had to go gift shopping uh, for my kids, and the stores were filled with so many people, obviously, doing last-minute shopping, you know. And I just sat there and began to ponder in my heart that we devote so much time and energy into preparing for December 25th, preparing for that ent the entire festive season. But do we spend um, an equal amount of time, or perhaps even more, just meditating on the purpose and the power that lies in this birth, the birth of Jesus that we're celebrating. In fact, across the world, some people don't even know why we're celebrating, just know it's Christmas. We're celebrating Christmas, it's a time to be merry, it's a time to give gifts, it's a time to decorate and light up everywhere. And that is all of the understanding that they have. But this morning I want to remind us that hope has a name. 
because we exist in a time and in a season in our generation and in our world where there's a lot of hopelessness, where people are sad and they can't even explain why, where the things that are going on, on the, in the external environment is affecting quite significantly the outcomes and the quality of life that people can live. Our parents here today can testify of the fact that, I mean, if you're earning 100K some 20 years ago, you were stinkingly rich. But now, your 100K is barely enough to get you by. In fact, convert that to dollars and you're, you're done for. It's, not, it's, it's almost impossible to do anything with it. But hope has a name. Help me tell your neighbor, hope has a name. Hope has a name. And that name is Jesus. And he's the reason that we celebrate. He's the reason that you and I can gather today. He's the reason that we have a life and a future. All of this that we're celebrating is one big love story. The sum total of our Christian faith is a big love story. God created the heavens and the earth. God made man in his image and his, after his likeness. God said to him, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, dominate it. Sin came into the picture. The devil recognized the fact that, well, spirits don't exist. or spirits, In fact, when God gave man the dominion mandate, he essentially delegated authority to man to be in charge of the earth and to control the world systems. For God to fix the anomaly that happened with the fall of man, God needed to obey the authority and the, the, the legislation that he had put in place as it were, which is the fact that to exist here on earth, you have to exist in human body. Spirits had to indwell a human body, which is why he would end up coming. But you see, in the course of preparing, one of the things that also sort of came alive to me is God's intentionality, even with that process. And how, yes, Joseph did not sleep with Mary. Jesus had to come through a virgin birth. And I believe that that is the greatest miracle that could ever exist in human history. The greatest thing that could happen to man in our history is the miracle of Jesus' conception and his birth. It's not his resurrection, because guess what? Lazarus resurrected. It's just that Jesus' resurrection was of more importance. It was valuable. But his birth is the most significant thing that could have ever happened. Because Jesus is the only person, and he's a historical, historical figure, by the way, just in case there's someone who's here and you're wondering, well, you're still, you know, your faith is still shaky. And you're wondering this whole Jesus concept. Jesus existed. And there's history, there are records to prove it. Damilola's Bible reading, Luke attested. Luke was a physician at that day and time. But he attested to the birth of Jesus, the existence of, his, of Jesus Christ here on earth. He walked the face of this earth. But that's just as an aside. So just thinking about that virgin birth. I had to remind myself that really and truly, the seed was implanted in um, a woman. It was through a woman before it happened in the first place. 
So, guys, free us. I know every time you think about one of the ills of uh, women, you think about the fall. Please also think about the birth, because it's equally important. Jesus came through a woman. I thought women would be happy about that. Uh, even you are not convinced. It's all right. Let's move on. But the, what I'm even getting at with that analogy is this, or with that story is this. The seed that was implanted in her. Now, for the medical people in the house, you'd understand that when a baby is growing in the womb, the baby's blood is different from the mother's blood. It's very different. They, they, they don't share blood. They don't. And so God, that shows you how very strategic God was with the design of the woman and her womb. He designed it in such a way that he made provision. Should there ever be a need for this, for, for me to come to the earth in human form, that I would, it would be untainted because God, had, God is holy and he needed to remain as such. That I would send my son, but my son will come not through a man and a woman coming together because he has to be born. He, has to, he had to have a body and there had to be a carrier. And so we see very clearly that what was going to happen, God already made provision for it. In fact, from the foundations of the world, according to scripture, the lamb that was slain, that's what Jesus is referred to. And so when we talk about hope, three things that we need to remind ourselves. One is the fact that God sent Jesus to the earth to erase misconceptions about him. Scripture shows us how very clearly this is done. Jesus would speak about who he is. Jesus would ask that if we needed to, you know, come to the Father, we had to come through him. If we needed to understand the nature, the character, the attributes of the Father, it had to be done by looking at him. It had to be by listening to him. Jesus would model to us kingdom culture. He will show us what pleases the Father. He will share all of these parables and analogies, helping us understand how the Father processes stuff. And it was, it's very instructive because people could touch him at that day and time when he existed. God wasn't that concept anymore. God was here. Scripture says that Jesus, I think it's a message translation that says that Jesus when, uh, that's in the scripture in John. And the word dwelt among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the risen son. You know, it, it, the way he describes it, the message translation puts it as, and the world, you know, was in the neighborhood. So people could relate. People could touch. People could hold. People could grab his feet and cry to him. People could call his name. Unlike what we had prior to Jesus' birth, where people could only access God through the prophets. And sometimes individuals would have dreams and visions. So imagine the way we think about God, even in our world today. We think about him, you know, some of us think about him as a concept that is very far removed from our human existence, our daily experience. But no, Jesus corrects that. He corrected that when he came to the earth. Scripture refers to him as a high priest that can be touched 
by the feelings of our infirmities, that everything it is that you and I are going through, Jesus already went through. He knew what it meant to have a hard life because he existed at a, a day and time, you know, where, where, where the Romans were in power. In fact, a lot of Jews thought Jesus was the king. He was coming to overthrow whatever rule, the uh, uh, leadership that he had in power then. But that wasn't his assignment. His assignment really was to die so that you and I can be reconciled back to God. So correcting all of those misconceptions about how uncaring he is, how unmerciful God can be, how God is such a hard man. Some of us, even till this day, relate with God based on the experiences of our earthly father or with our earthly fathers. And so you view God as your earthly father. But Jesus already corrected that. Jesus was loving. Jesus was kind. Jesus was all parts grace and all parts truth. So he never withheld truth, even when he ministered grace. Even when he was loving, when he was merciful, when he would forgive, he would still point out the truth. Because that was his nature. Jesus was holy. Jesus frowned at things that didn't represent God, things that were not of God. He called them out. But Jesus was loving. Jesus would eat with tax collectors. He would eat with people that the, 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 the believers or the Jews back in the days people that they despised and disdained, that they thought were not worthy of God's love or of his attention. Jesus spent time with those people, modeling to us that the faith that we have, this Christian faith, this Christian walk, is a walk of love. Another thing that Jesus also, you know, embodies and, and, and has come to do for us is to prove that you matter to God. That you and I matter to God. That when he had all of his plans, he still made a plan. He made, an, he made I don't want to call it a plan B. But that's kind of like what it was. That just in case man does the way man potentially can do because of free will. I will give myself. And you know, if you've been with us in the last couple of weeks when we've been speaking about God's goodness and, and contagious gratitude, one of the things that I had said very clearly was that we cannot embrace just the fatherhood of God without embracing his sovereignty as king. We need to understand that God's rulership as king of the universe, as the king of kings, is not an easy one. And don't ask me how I know, because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not king of kings. But I read scripture and I see how God would institute laws. And he would say very clearly to man when he created man. He would say to man, you know, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and all of these things. He would also give instruction, do not eat of this tree. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. We need to understand that in God's sovereignty is his holiness and his judgment. His judgment is justice. He cannot deny himself. And so when he said man will die, when God gives an instruction, he gives it to himself as well. Man will die. When man sinned, man needed to die. Now, it's a spiritual death, which is a separation, where the enemy would have thought that, yes, I've won this. But God would have chuckled. I'm sorry, when I read my, pic my Bible, I read in pictures, so I visualize a lot. I imagine God just... 
looking at the devil there inside that slimy serpent, cussing him out, and then just chuckling and saying, you have no idea that this transaction here, I've already made provision for it. It will, it's, this, this is not going to be like this. I've already made provision. And that provision was already, is contained in Jesus, in himself. So because of the legislative arm of God, man needed to die. Man needed to be spiritually separated from him. For man to not remain perpetually in that state of death, somebody has to die. Somebody needed to die. And so God switched the person that was supposed to die, which is you and I, spiritually separated from God and put himself in the nature of his son there. So as you go through today, as you eat and make merry, as you celebrate with family, I want you to meditate that if Jesus didn't come, you and I would not have been reconciled back to God. If Jesus wasn't born, if God did not do that switch, if he didn't make that switch, make that exchange by putting himself in our place, we will not be here today making merry. And so the third thing, obviously, just leading from that, as Jesus proves to us that we matter to God, he also enables us to be back in relationship with God. And it's important that, you know, someone is mindful of that fact. Because perhaps you've, life has dealt you really hard, really hard blows. You know, life has done what life does. You are in a place where you're saying, God and I are having a thing. You know, he and I are not really, we're not really charming. As though the king of the universe is warring with you. He's wrestling with you. God and I are, you know, we're, 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 we're just going through a face right now. And guess what? He loves you regardless. But you see, please be done with that face. And I just pray that this morning is the morning that you are done with that face. And that you fully embrace his love again. Do you have unmet expectations? Have you lost someone or something? Is there grief, pain in your heart? God's love is unconditional. We spoke three weeks ago about three fundamental truths of God's nature and character. He's inherently good. He's always good. He's not selectively good. He doesn't discriminate on his goodness. Neither does he discriminate on his love. He loves us all. Whether you came to church this morning from a club or from wherever, your cohabit, whatever it is, you're gay, you're straight, whatever, God loves you. And he wants you to receive his love because that's the reason why he gave himself. He gave his son the ultimate sacrifice. No man can outgift that. No man, no matter how much they love you. Because human love, yeah, is here today, gone tomorrow. Some people this year, you were served breakfast and you're still dealing with it. You have refused to move on. Move on. Jesus loves you. He loves you more than anyone can ever and more than you would ever know. So st just speaking again on hope. One of the ways that God reveals his mind to us is through prophecies. The birth of the Savior was not a surprise, but a fulfillment of prophecy. And we see this in Isaiah 59, Isaiah 9, verses 6 to 7. I'll read very quickly. Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. For unto us a child is born, 
unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. If you're there, let's read together. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, verse 7, and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform this that's a prophecy signaling to us what god had already done the finished work jesus simply just manifested it but the work had already been done and it was a work that had you and i in mind so regardless of whatever is happening in our world these truths remain that jesus came to prove to us that you and i matter to god that jesus came so that we can be reconciled to the father so that we can enjoy the quality of life he's promised us so that our hereafter eternity can be secured and assured in him so that we can live the life of purpose that we have been called and originally designed to. That our lives will not be filled with confusion and a lack of clarity. That you and I will take our places. I spoke a couple weeks back about, sorry, I like to just tie the messages so we remember. That you and I have been created as kings and as priests on this earth. And for every king, there is a domain. There is a place where you are expected to dominate. In an industry, in a community. We're not lording it over ourselves. But we are dominating the earth. We are fulfilling scripture. We are doing the things that we have been called to. That as you plan and prepare and prayerfully consider 2023, would this be priority on your mind and on your heart? where you are meditating and focusing on what Jesus did, what his coming represents, the power and the purpose of Christmas. And would you let that, the joy that comes from knowing, Scripture says in Luke, I think it's Luke 2.15 or so, when the angels came to speak to the shepherds, they say, I bring you good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. And I just sense very strongly preparing for this message that there, there are one or two or so people, maybe in the room or online, who feel like your joy levels have depleted quite significantly. Your joy tank is almost empty because you are looking for joy from the things that cannot give you joy. You are focusing on the things that do not have the capacity to take the place of God. You are trying to fill God-induced voids with the things that can never fill them. And so this morning... Just as we began to sing those carols and just rejoice, the spirit of joy is already here. Would you let him fill your heart this morning? Would you let the spirit of God fill your heart with his joy, with his peace? His peace transcends human understanding. It transcends whatever is going on on the outside. You don't have enough money, but you are at peace. Because you're, you know the God whom you serve, the one whose you belong to, or whose you are. It is critical. And so how do we just go on further from, from here? When we recognize that the hope that we have is called Jesus. We've read through the names. He's wonderful. He's counselor. I should not be without wise counsel. Everlasting God. His love is wide. 
is so wide that it engulfs all your mistakes and your misdoings. It is so long that it is far-reaching. It is so deep that there is no amount of pain and hurt you're going through that God's love is not deeper than. And so it's a, an encouragement to someone this morning who's dealing with hopelessness. You've looked at the situation in the country and you are just overwhelmed. Some people have hinged their hope on the outcomes of 2023 elections for those of us in Nigeria. But I'm saying to you that whatever the outcomes, we trust that God's will will be established. But whatever the outcomes are, that our hearts will be preserved like Goshen. Recognizing that God is with us, Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. And so as we just wrap up this morning, there is always good news for you in God. Help me tell someone that. There is good news for you in God. There is good news. There is good news. There is good news. And you need to declare what, you have been, what has been revealed to you as God's earthly partner. God is speaking, but are we listening? God wants to speak, but have we positioned ourselves rightly to be able to hear from him? And how do we hear from him? How do we engage the prophetic? You read the word of God. He will speak to you through his word. He will speak to you through his word. Scripture speaks about him pouring out his spirit upon us all, upon all flesh. We'll dream dreams, we'll see visions. He wants to speak to you. There's something we always say in life points that you are the chief resident prophet over your life. And so what are you saying this morning? What are you declaring over yourself? What are you speaking concerning 2023? Would you partner with the Holy Spirit to just declare God's mind for you, for your community, for your family? for our nation and the nations of the world. Let's take this confession together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I walk in the reality of all that has been written concerning me in scripture. I am full of power by the spirit of the Lord and the inspiration of the Almighty gives me understanding. I enjoy soundness of health and soundness of mind. I reject any experience that is contrary to the word of God in my life. I declare that I walk in perpetual victory and make manifest the knowledge of Jesus everywhere I go. The favor of God encompasses me as a shield. My eyes are blessed I see the visions of God. My ears are open. I hear my father's voice clearly. The rest of this year is the best year of my life. In 2023, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I shall not want because the Lord is my shepherd. I will never be stranded. I break the hold of limiting thoughts and every satanic siege over my life is terminated. All things will work together for my good because I am aligned with his purpose. Every day I win in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just decree and declare over everyone under the sound of my voice that for the rest of this year you will receive good news that will bring great joy.
in Jesus' name. Regardless of whatever it is that is before you, that mountain before you becomes level plain ground. You receive good news that brings great joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, all eyes closed and all heads bowed. I think it's important that we give someone an opportunity to just come into this love that I have so nicely described. To come into this relationship. Wherever it is that you are in life currently, whatever it is that you have been dealing with, whatever has separated you from the Father, He's inviting you back home. His arms are outstretched, ready to receive you. He wants to do life with you. And if you're here, you've struggled, you know, perhaps you've even given your heart to Him, uh, but you have just struggled with remaining and abiding in Him. Can I ask this morning with eyes closed? We're giving you the privacy of the moment because we recognize that this is a decision between you and God. But I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand. And wherever it is that you are standing, uh, if you cannot stand, go ahead and raise your hand. But if you can stand, may I please ask that you stand. And can I ask that whoever is seated beside them, can you please just stand with them and hold their hand? I'm standing with you as well. Just helping you know that, look, we're in this together. God loves you and he wants you for himself. He wants to transform you. He wants you to enjoy the blessings and the promises of a new life with him. So go ahead and take this prayer with me. Dear God, I come to you today. I acknowledge that without you, I am lost. I ask for your help. I ask for mercy. And I commit my life to Jesus. Spirit of God, come into me and make, my home, make your home with me. Help me live a life that pleases God. Grant me grace and strength to take a stand for righteousness. Thank you, Father. I enjoy today the benefits of new life in you. I receive all of your promises for me in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for everyone who's made this decision here and online. If you're online, please go ahead and indicate in the chat room. Uh, ministers are online to engage with you further. We thank you for everyone who's come home. We rejoice because the host of heaven rejoices that these ones have found you again. These ones have submitted to you. We ask God that you will keep them from falling. We commit them to your hands and to the word of your grace that is able to keep them, to build them and to give them an inheritance with the saints. We ask, dear Father, that you will sustain them in your strength and by your spirit, that the support system they require in this season, Father, you would make available for them in Jesus' name. Satan, you cannot touch this ones because they belong to God. They bear in their bodies the marks of Christ. We thank you, our Father, and we give you all praise. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Go ahead and put your hands together. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. We hope that the message has blessed your heart. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng. For more information about us and all our other resources, please visit www.lifepointng.org.